0: Welcome to Dragon Talk! Yeah, Dragon Talk! Woo! This is it. This is the official D&D podcast. Shelly is excited to be here.
1: I really am.
0: Look at you. Look how excited you are. Uh, um, Yeah! I'm Greg Tito, and I am also very excited about our interview today. We are talking to Maude Garrett, a Fabulous.
1: Maude Garrett.
0: Internet host, extraordinaire d d player for years and years. Uh, and uh, we can't wait to speak to her uh, about what's going on in, in her life and, and how she got into d d That should be super yes. fun. Yes. Um, we also have some really exciting things happening in d d world while we are all hunkered down here uh, dealing with the COVID-19 virus. Uh, many of us are... Um, sequestered and or uh, encouraged to stay at home. My kids have been uh, away from school for a week and a half now, so we're doing some homeschooling and we've been working from home and getting our home setups for live streaming, which uh, you are seeing for the first time here for Dragon Talk. So welcome to that. What do you think, Shelly? How's, how's your life been going?
1: Oh, you know, little uh, ups and downs, but, but good. Just trying to, you know, get through it. Without, you know, just giving up control. It's just not up to me. So whatever happens is going to happen.
0: Let the dungeon master of life roll the dice. Pretty much. And make the best of it. And I think uh, both of us, we were talking about before, uh, have been doing that by making sure that you spend time with family and kids that we maybe were not able to spend as much time with uh, as we were working full-time in the office and whatnot. So uh, that's been really great. And yeah. um, we want to give support to everyone out there who is also uh, um, you know, going, th- going through it. And one of the ways to do that is to make sure that we continue doing our, our, our podcast. So thank you for, for listening.
1: Yes, and, and finding ways to help people still be able to game together if that's what they choose to do. I think it's probably a, a a good time to keep doing that. Games, as we know, are they they bond you. They are entertainment. They provide a wonderful distraction. So, whatever you choose to play, we 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 will try to find ways to help you.
0: And there's streaming uh, and um, you know online play uh, that we can now facilitate so much easier than yes. uh, we might have been able to do even five ten years ago. Uh, yes. So, that sense yeah. of community, of being able to see people's faces, even though you're not in the same physical location, is super important and uh, Dungeons & Dragons has lots of tools available for you to be able to play together to get that sense of community uh, or at least friends uh, hanging out. So there is an article, or if uh, it will be up on DungeonsAndDragons.com very soon uh, about all of that, but we can summarize it here by saying uh, we have a few partners that do uh, virtual tabletops, Uh, so Fantasy Grounds is a robust system uh, that has a lot of tools at your disposal, and there's a lot of online tutorials about how to get into that, as well as the content from uh, Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition that you can play within it. Uh, There's also Roll20, uh, which is a web-based app uh, that can uh, really allow you to play uh, virtually uh, with a a grid and map and locations of where people are um you can also do it theater of the mind style so you're just getting together on skype or zoom or whatever your video conferencing of choice is and uh do dice rolls as you would with actual physical dice and uh play that way and i think that's probably the easiest way to jump in uh and as always the dungeons and dragons basic rules are available on our website right now so you don't even need to Purchase anything uh, to jump into it. Uh, you know, a quick web search, we'll be able to uh, get that up for you. But it is on the Dungeons and Dragons website right now. So, encourage as much uh, friends as you have who've ever wanted to get into D anD D. Now is a great time to do it, and to have that uh, that that sense of community going on right now,
1: for sure. And uh, in addition to to gaming online, I would I also recommend doing some Facetime or even Zoom or however you choose to do it. Happy hours with your friends. Um, I've for like, yes, I have had wonderful evening chats with some of my old college buddies that like, oh, wow, we're we're just it seems like we're just talking more now than in our regular when when daily life was just the routine daily life. We just get together and have a cocktail if you like or or don't or whatever. And we just we just have like a quick little 15 minute chat together. It's just a nice way to stay connected because, you know. You're seeing the same people day in day out. It's nice to see a different face once in a while.
0: Yeah, and one uh, well, I don't I don't know if I've talked about this before, but Marco Polo is an app uh, that I've used a lot to stay in contact with friends back east. And what I like about that is that it's just basically little video messages that you can leave. Uh, you don't have to be synchronous. So it's not like you need to be like, oh, let's make sure we have time to do it right now. It's something you can like leave a post, and it can have a conversational manner because you can post back and forth and different groups of posts. Yeah. Uh, and that's been a great way to just kind of see what you know, what friends are doing, and uh, how to check in with them on a uh, way that doesn't feel intrusive, right? You can watch it whenever you want to, and then respond yeah. whenever you need to on your own time. Uh, and I'm Good waiting. Good f- idea. I'm waiting for someone to develop like a asynchronous way to play games that way uh actually just the idea I just had just now and I think I might just make that happen so it'd be like oh here we're hey, gonna man. play our turn of you know dungeon mayhem right now or chess or whatever it is you know here's here's the game state and you can do that uh, and and check in with people and play uh over over long periods of time and still get that like kind of it. social connection
1: I will be happy to play test uh dungeon mayhem that way with you
0: play test you mean there's more stuff that's being developed at dungeon mayhem that you just let loose no, right now, like, like your way
1: of why do you always have to spread rumors?
0: <laughs> it's too fun. That's why. That's why people want to play to well, us. <laughs> is, is there new? Man? I, don't, I, don't, I don't even know if there is. That's why I'm actually really asking.
1: I'm talking about your Marco Polo way to play.
0: Oh yeah. Let's jump in. Let's do it.
1: Yes. Let's do that.
0: Um I'm waiting for more people to jump in to Explorer's Guide to Wildmount, uh, which came out this week. Uh, and a wonderful collaboration between the Dungeons and Dragons team and those on the Critical Role. Uh, I guess I don't want. Really, well, I guess there's two on the team. Yeah, so there's Matt Mercer who uh, obviously contributed a lot uh, with his information on uh, Exandria and the continent of Wildmount that's being dramatized in the season. Sorry, Campaign Two of Critical Role, but Chris Lockie also contributed a whole bunch to that. Uh, not to mention uh, uh, James Hake. Uh, and uh, a lot of the other uh, freelancers who contributed, James and Tricasso, uh, as well as amazing editing work from uh, Hannah Rose, uh, who might be even in the chat right now. Hi, Hannah. Uh, great work all around, and it's great to see uh, folks getting the physical copy in their hands and uh, posting about it online during this week has been, has been lifting my spirits a bunch.
1: Definitely, a lot of people in the chat too. I noticed have been got their hands on it and are enjoying it so far.
0: I know, and now I'm like, I realize I have it here. Hold on.
1: Oh my god! I never have the chat open while we we record. It's quite entertaining, and I, but I can't respond to you. But I I appreciate the book recommendation that I got recently. Thank you.
0: Is oh, there it is. What is it? Is it displayed backwards, or is that just me?
1: No it, it it's the right way.
0: Okay, good. Yeah, so uh, I am excited to crack this open myself this weekend and uh, get into it. Uh, but I just I, lo- I want to give a shout-out to all the amazing artwork uh, that's in here. Um, beautiful. Including this amazing piece. Uh, this is
1: why so, you have to watch the live version so you can see the beautiful art. You can see art. it
0: all right on the map uh, by Devin Rue is in the back. I haven't pulled it out myself, but I will. Um, but I am excited to jump into it because I know maps are a big part of what makes... Fantasy world's come to life uh, for people. So uh, oh. very fantastic. Congratulations to all the folks who worked on it. Um, and I can't wait to see more folks dramatize playing within oh, that it's funny. framework.
1: Oh, funny. People said that, yes, it was backwards for them, but it wasn't for me.
0: Oh, well, maybe Zoom does that uh, automatically. But uh huh, Sorry. The only way you're going to be able to see it front ways is to uh, pick up that book uh, and or get it delivered to you. Uh, And just as a way to shout out uh, the way that some game stores are operating right now. Obviously, they are hurting by not having as much foot traffic of people going around. Um, But we are working with them uh, to encourage stores to do pickups or deliveries, uh, you know, so that you can reduce the amount of uh, COVID-19 transmission uh, but still be able to get a physical copy of the book. Uh, But, of course, it is also available digitally uh, through our partners, as I said, at Roll20, D&D Beyond, Fantasy Grounds. Uh, So you can still check it out that way. But uh, we're excited about that. Uh, uh, Silver Silverhand's Explorer's Kit is available as well uh, this week. Uh, Lots of fun stuff with that. It's a beautiful blue dice And uh, two openable uh, dice trays uh, that you can roll those amazing looking dice within. Uh, It is designed with love. um, And uh, those are also out at this time. So hopefully folks are checking that out. Um, And then the final thing I want to make sure everyone knows about is uh, we announced uh, Mythic Odysseys of Theros. Theros. Oh, I wish I had... We'll we'll, we'll level up at one time and have actual visuals of uh, these things for you. Uh, But if you want to check out the visuals of what those covers look like, uh, go to D&D News, which I host on uh, Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Pacific time here on our Twitch channel. But that book comes out June 2nd, and it is uh, dramatizing the world of Theros, uh, plane of Theros, I should say, in the Magic the Gathering multiverse. Uh, So that's exciting. It's got a Greek myth themed thing going on uh so very exciting and uh again that will be we'll be having more lore you should knows and information about that on dragon talk uh in the future so that you can get all primed and ready for a classical styled DD campaign which uh honestly has been uh not I, i haven't seen anything like that in a long time you know obviously medieval fantasy uh, as well as the more modern take uh, that Eberron Rising from the Last War is uh, one direction to take fantasy, but I'd like the idea of doing more of a of a Bronze Iron Age classical um, uh, take, uh, full of mythic stories, uh, and the covers for those look amazing. So we'll be showing those off uh, in the future. But that comes out on June second.
1: That's awesome.
0: Yes, there will be. A- I just
1: like I like the crossovers. I I think it's cool. And I'm glad we're doing it.
0: Right. I know. Yeah. It, it, uh, it, it feels like with everything at Wizards of the Coast being fantasy gaming themed uh, or, or sci fi fantasy themed, uh, it's really kind of interesting to see more and more crossovers like that happen. And I've been playing a ton okay. of Theros in, in Magic Arena uh, online. So all those cards and uh, characters makes, make a lot of sense to me. And I can't wait to uh, see how folks dramatize those. Cool. All right. We uh, also have a really special segment that you recorded, Shelley, correct?
1: Yes, a very timely um, segment, How to DM, uh, with Noah Grand, who is uh, very well-versed in how to take your in-person and games online. So we're going to learn all about that.
0: Sweet. Let's, uh, let's get that going right about now so that folks can learn. This is a very timely you do do, you do good, timely content, Shelley.
1: We know how to pivot.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Welcome to How to DM. Well, we've got a timely topic today, one that I hope is going to um, be very helpful for uh, many of us pretty much all of us um, difficult times happening right now for sure in this period of social distancing sheltering in place self quarantine whatever is happening in your world um, it's difficult to say the least for a, a lot of us One of those things that I think can help people is gaming and whatever uh, your choice of gaming may be if you're home with your uh, with family and friends and certainly it makes it easier for you if you're not home with uh family and friends and if you have a regular D&D game that you're unable to to play in the traditional sense like around the table together it it can be hard to be uh to be away i think that more than ever we need those games as our entertainment our distraction um, and the bonding that we get from playing together. So, we have a very special guest today, Noah Grand. Who uh, you're pretty much an expert in uh, these types of things. You have helped organize virtual conventions and games for uh, like Roll Twenty Con for the Adventures League. Um, not only you're also a very prolific uh, adventure writer yourself, um, but Can you give us a little background on on some of the things that you've done because you are very well-versed in this topic?
2: Yeah, so I have uh, started out actually the first games that I started DMing were DMing online because I didn't have a chance to do so face-to-face. And so that's how I started getting involved with online conventions and started doing a little more of an organizing role as well. Helping other DMs figure out okay, you know, here's how I'm going to set up my table. Here's how I'm going to be able to reach out to my players and you know, know that they're for this game that I'm going to run as opposed to someone else's.
1: Okay. So if you're someone who isn't maybe who is not used to running games online. Yeah. What, is, what do we do? Like what, what are some of the, the, the tools that are available to us? How would you, you tell a beginner to get started with this?
2: So the first thing, and I think the most important thing to tell a beginner is that the, the, basically the fundamental thing, the only thing you really need right now is some way to communicate with your players. In particular, if you've got a group that you've been playing with for a while, and you're not seeing each other face-to-face anymore, just use the game as much as anything else as some way to see each other face-to-face. So right. uh, th- thinking about technologies like Zoom, which we're using now, or Skype, uh, or potentially Discord as well, can also be used you know, because they have both audio and video, so you can see your friends. Right. And, and think about what it is that your group needs. Think about what it is that you like and you need as a DM. Because there are a whole lot of different tools out there that you can use to have character sheets and have maps and have tokens and things like that. But the most important thing is to think about what kind of stuff you'd use anyway.
1: Right. I guess with if we were playing on Zoom, like you said, we're using Zoom right now to see each other, mm-hmm. it's kind of like you're behind the screen. I mean, I wouldn't be able to see your notes. I wouldn't be able to see what you're rolling anyway. Yeah. Um, so perhaps mm-hmm. if you're just going to just straight up take your game yeah. online, Zoom is probably an easy way to do that. But you just mentioned there's yeah. maps and character sheets and tokens and stuff. How, yes. Where would somebody find those if they want to do, say, more a robust game online?
2: Yeah. So there are a number of what are called virtual tabletops, or you may, if you're looking around, see the abbreviation VTT for virtual tabletop. And some of the largest right now are Roll20, uh, which I was actually using uh, yesterday, which is that's where my regular Thursday game moved. Okay. Uh, there's... Fantasy Grounds, which I haven't used myself. And uh, another large one, uh, kind of growing one that has a partnership with the DMs Guild is Astral Tabletop, which I'll be using later today. Oh, cool. So you –
0: sorry, and,
2: go on. Well, and what I was going to say is they all offer different things that they specialize in and different strengths.
1: Okay. So with your Thursday game was the Thursday game a group that met in person? Yeah. Okay. So what Yeah, so the, yeah, how, what was it like to transition that game to um, online?
2: So transitioning that game was interesting because first of all I'm a player in that game, not oh, Okay. Uh not 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 normally DM. Uh, when there's a transition that we're having between story arcs I will come in and DM something else for a while. But one of the things I noticed is that uh, yeah. different people in the group had different levels of experience playing online before. And that may be very common for your group. But, you know, uh, so, and for the people who hadn't played online before, of course there was a learning curve as you're trying to think about, well, where are... Various things. If I'm supposed to do all the roles in the character sheet, well, okay. What what button do I click again? Yeah, and that's completely natural.
1: Yeah, it's a one of the things when I've played online that I found was a challenge was people were talking over themselves. Like you don't get to see those those visual yeah, yes. cues that tell you somebody is about to say something. And, and it became a little bit awkward and to the point where people just weren't talking as much.
2: Absolutely. And that is one of the things that can happen. Um, and that's part of why uh, video, if you're comfortable with it and everyone in your group is comfortable with it, can be very helpful. Uh, but it takes time to, to kind of get that get that sense because you're exactly right. When we talk face-to-face, there are certain things that we've learned of when someone else is going to be done talking and it's going to be our turn to talk. Online, those cues don't really work, particularly because people may be lagged a little bit. And like half a second lag, which can still happen, will really throw people off. It, yeah, so it does. Somehow, Mm-hmm. sorry I did not intentionally mean to kind of give an example of that but it's
1: true the, the lags yeah. are very confusing because people get nervous with like there's quiet why yes. are they quiet and it's really a half a second yes. feels like a minute
2: yeah and so one of the things that you do about that especially when you're starting to play online is accept that if you can try and tell a joke about it like we did That's one of the best ways to get comfortable with it. Yeah,
1: definitely. So I always like to look at the bright side of things, find the positive when you can. Um, So there's probably some cool things that you can do online with your players that you can't always do in person. Is that true? And if so, can you give us some examples of what that would be?
2: Yeah, so... A couple of things that work better online is, first, if, I don't know, maybe, maybe you're you're the type of DM who might be a little mischievous at times, and you might hmm. want to communicate something to one of your players that maybe the other players aren't fully aware of at the moment. It's much easier to manage that communication online because you just be you know, kind of your screen like you otherwise would it wouldn't be the obvious oh noah is getting their phone right now and they're texting <laughs> one of the other people at the table <laughs> right and and so that's something that i've used in a number of games uh i also find that it's a lot easier to use different kinds of handouts because oh. it's easier you, you can you can type out various notes And instead of having to say, hey, you found this letter in in Dragon Heist. Now I'm going to show you a copy of the book. Please just read this particular page and don't like read anything else. What I can do is just take the text, copy it, and hand it to the players as some kind of a handout that's very easy to produce because it's – Copying and pasting text, and oh. yeah, so so there are a number of things that you can do there to make things more interactive. Uh, depending on how much time you want to put into maps and setting up, say, a dungeon map, it can be more interactive as players would move their characters on the virtual tabletop. That uh, you want to make sure that there's are still. Talking on a regular basis and describing what they're doing instead of just moving their tokens around on a map and not saying anything, right? But yeah, the, those are some of the things that can work very well. And the other thing with uh, computers are are very good at keeping track of things like uh, whose turn is, is it in initiative, and some other just data things with regards to combat and character sheets in terms of, say, how many hit points the dragon has. Okay. Uh, The dragon took 25 points of damage. It's easier to say, okay, dragon, uh, click on it, minus 25 hit points, done. It'll do the math for me.
1: I like that. So... um... We've talked a little bit about people who have existing campaigns, moving them. How would they move that over to um, a virtual format? But now is also a really good time to start playing D anD D if you haven't already. Um, it definitely is. So, what was what's a good like? What would you recommend as a a good like some adventures to start with, or some tools to just start with? This could be new. D anD D could even be new to people right
2: now. Yeah, yeah, D and D could definitely be new to people because uh, you'll be looking for some chance to interact with people and have some yeah. kind of social experience, and playing D and D online can definitely give that to people. Uh, in terms of adventures, um, I, I think that uh, I'm I'm trying I'm trying to think for a minute because they're they're basically. Two different questions. There's the, if you've played before and you're looking to move games online, well, you you already kind of have an idea of what kind of adventures you'd like. What are the things you like in adventures? And basically just keep doing that and the kind of adventures that you like are going to translate well online because any particular pillar of play can work very well online, if you think a little about how you want to move it online but also first and foremost think about what you like and what your players like. Yeah. For for people who are just starting out with D&D for the first time uh, it's obviously you know, still going to be a learning process of thinking, well what kind of adventures do you like mm-hmm. uh, and one of the things that I would consider recommending, uh, which may be a bit counterintuitive, is personally I had a lot of fun DMing Dragon Heist, and oh, yeah. so did so so did the group of uh, all new players who I had. And oh, cool! One of the things about Dragon Heist that I think might work. Very well. Is that when it comes down to it, Dragon Heist doesn't have quite as many maps. But there aren't. There are a lot of things that can be done uh, because it's such a role play and exploring watery heavy adventure. There are a lot of things that can be done uh, without using virtual tabletops as much. That are more just based on the interaction between people. And that's something that I think would translate very well online.
1: Oh, that's a really good point. Yes, I hadn't even thought of that. Um, okay, one last question. Are there ways, what if you don't have a D&D group? Are, through any of these virtual tabletops, yeah. um, is there a way to join a group? If you're just an individual who wants there to play? Are,
2: uh, there, there are ways. Uh, a lot of times, you know, uh, my understanding is that Groups like Roll Twenty would have its forums, and I assume that Fantasy Grounds has its forums and mm-hmm. Astro May as, as well. Forums aren't necessarily the best place because sometimes the the ratio of prospective players to DMs can be very heavily skewed in terms of there being a sur- surplus of pl- players. Especially now, uh, I would the, imagine that's true. Especially now, but 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 the other thing is it it can take so long to search, and one of the things that you may find, particularly now, with uh, some people having a lot more time on their hands, and occasionally people like me having less time on our hands uh, because I'm you know working with so many groups, is that online you can also have. More kind of ad hoc games, uh, particularly with Adventures League. uh, The online games tend to be a little more ad hoc because everyone is at home and you don't necessarily have to go to a uh, particular game store to all play at the same time. Yeah. So, in that case, because they're ad hoc, uh, there is a list. Which I will see if I can send you the link of a number of discord servers at least oh, for adventures okay. league that some of that some of the uh, adventures League administrators have put together and I'm around some some of these discord servers not not others um, that's awesome.
1: That would be really helpful. We can include yes. that in uh, the show notes. And we're also, just as a company, putting together a list of resources for people who are looking to still yeah. game during this time. Um, yeah,
2: there are a number of good resources out there.
1: That is awesome. I Really, I can't thank you enough. I know it was kind of short notice to um, get you on here. I know that you're super busy, like you said. A lot of people need your services right now. Yeah. Um, so I really appreciate you taking the time to enlighten us on how... Best to Game Virtually. Where can people find out uh, more about you and about the projects you're working on?
2: So the best way to find, find more about me would be to go on my Twitter feed, which is, is at Noah Grand. And, and that's where I give a you know, combination of some updates about uh, various projects I'm working on, various events I'm helping to work with, uh, and you can also find my work on, on the DMs Guild. Uh, most re- recently, I was one of the authors on a guide to multiclassing and some different ideas for multiclassing uh, called oh, Master cool. Fun, which has been uh, one of the <laughs> best sellers on the DMs Guild for the last several weeks.
1: Fantastic! And I have Congratulations.
2: some thank you. And I have some more adventures uh, in anthologies that should be coming out in the next month or two.
1: That's awesome. Yes, you are very busy.
2: <laughs> yeah, al- along with, uh, you know, set, helping to set up some uh, online conventions and volunteering to DM for them. So yeah. Good deal. Yeah, I've got a lot of stuff I'm doing right now.
1: Very much appreciate it. Um, thank you again, uh, my guest, Noah Grand. Um, you are probably helping a lot of people in some very important ways right now. So thank you. Stay safe. And you too. Keep gaming. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, we will talk to you soon, I hope.
2: All right. I All right. hope so.
1: And take care, everyone. Um, And we'll be back with more tips on how to DM.
0: Wow. You know, I love the fact that you are being inspired uh, to Dungeon Master. Each segment that you do, I feel like you're stepping closer and closer and closer to jumping back in.
1: I don't know if it's it's uh, would be better or worse to to do it online to start online. I, think- I feel like maybe it would be better because then if things were going poorly, I could just blame technology and just shut the whole thing down. Oh, Burn no, it down. Good connection.
0: I don't know. <laughs> Uh, if you need that exit button, maybe maybe that is what you need to do. Who knows? Uh, but I think it's uh, really amazing, and I, I I I caught you. I think a couple of days ago, uh, or back when we were in the office, where you had said you had said when I DM again.
1: Oh, you're right. There was definitely a shift in attitude. Mm-hmm. So mm.
0: we're doing it, and you know maybe this is the time. You can do some. One thing I was I was talking to someone too is like the essentials kit has a lot of rules for sidekicks and things like that. So uh, being able to do one on one Dungeons and Dragons play during this time uh, might be might be great for you.
1: That's a great idea. Why haven't we thought of that? That's a great way to start.
0: Yeah. So let's do it. I'll play with you.
1: Um, I don't think that we were recording. When Quinn came in here, he did he was creating D D characters as part of his schoolwork today. Yeah. And he created a character named Quinn the Dork. <laughs> he um
0: a his, character, his, his character. Not a real person named his Quinn race, the Dork.
1: His race is Dork. Oh. So he created a whole new race.
0: I like that. Yeah. Um, I think I'm more of a half dork myself. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. I'm I'm full dork. I'm You're I'm full dork. dork. My parents were both dorks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Why
1: is this so funny? I, I, I just them. think we need to laugh more.
0: That's true. Woo. We're a little bit punchy, uh, as has as been happening. But uh, I think that's a perfect time for us to talk to Maude so that she can make us laugh. She will, too. Let's do it. Let's give Bye. her a call. We have Maude Garrett here with us. Talking on Dragon Talk. Hello, welcome, Maud. Yeah, oh, I love that my name
3: here is Maud G.
0: Maud. Maud G. Maud. Maud
3: G. Maud. Uh, so sounds like what you say when you're tickling someone. Maud G.
1: Maud.
3: That's what I say to
0: my <laughs> yeah. doggy. Oh, Maud G. Maud.
3: Oh, that's funny. You ask and they just appear. <sighs>
0: oh, oh,
1: oh, hello, animals. doggo. Hi, doggy! Hi. Oh, aren't you a cute? Hi. Oh my god! Look at you! This is you. Zelda because I rescued a princess. Oh, um, I have a cat named Zelda. Pretty well, really? Yeah, that's because we were there missing
3: Link. Oh, uh, I love it. Uh, anyway, I'm going to tell her that. Sidetracked already, but this is how I've been quarantining.
0: That's the way to do it. Uh, well, no worries. Just keep
3: make it better
1: for sure.
0: Look, oh, just at doggies. Look at that doggo. He's very cute. Little Zelda. He gets inspiration. Totally.
3: You want to hope it's a she, unless you're the kind of guy that thinks that the guy is Zelda.
0: <laughs> I, I think uh, that uh, Link is the main character that you play as, there you go. Uh, not yeah. Zelda. I, I, yeah, I played those games back in the day, but I have not picked up Breath of the Wild yet. Have you been playing Breath of the Wild?
3: Yeah, I mean, it came out three years ago, so yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. um, <laughs> But it is a perfect time to go back through, like, the archives and finish any games you haven't yet or to go through, like, the big games that take 150
1: hours to finish. Just give them another run. Yeah. That's what I'm going to be doing.
3: That's
0: the time. we got time.
1: We took in a foster dog. We already have a dog and a cat, but we decided to get a foster dog, too, because we're home for so long. Yeah. And she's kind of awesome, and we love her.
3: Oh, that's good. I really wanted to do the same thing, especially like senior dogs. Yes. Because with quarantine, all the volunteers aren't able to go and help out. And so they're going to have like a lot of shelters, like upping euthanizing, because they just can't handle all that care with no men and woman power. Senior
1: dogs are my jam. That is our our foster dog is she's eight, but she's part Jack Russell. So she's um, she's really like two. Young at heart always. She just wants to. Run and play, and she's so cute. But it's just nice having all these animals around. It helps. Yeah,
3: they make such a difference. Yeah,
1: because when you talk out loud, at least you're talking to something instead yeah. of just being a little bit mad. Yeah, that you, helps me. You get too. like a little tail wag. Like someone's. It's like you see me. You recognize me. I still exist. Yeah, and you still get love, and you're never really alone. No. Now, are you in California? I am. Yeah. Okay, so you're on. I've been here for about seven. Like officially years. on lockdown. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Just like we are.
1: So like, we're not official yet, Tito.
0: I guess that's true. I did hear Jay you know, Inslee. Yeah, it's yeah. coming.
1: It's coming. Yeah, for at least two weeks. What is it? What does it mean to be officially locked down? Like
3: <laughs> uh, you cannot leave the house unless
1: it's for essentials, which is
3: going to the bank, going to the hospital, or getting groceries. What about walking your dog? So there are, you know guidelines with that you can absolutely walk your dog they just don't want you to meet up with anyone from another household and try and stay at least you know sort of six to ten feet away from any other people that are on the roads which is easy you just do a little zigzags yeah all the way through but honestly guys i feel like i've been training for isolation my entire life <laughs> i'm day i'm day seven today nice and i'm fine <laughs> in fact i I'm like more motivated than ever to get like more streaming shows happening. I've got a few D and D groups, and so I want to get them online so that we don't have to
1: completely stop. Like,
3: I got a new lease on life by being locked in my own (laughs)
1: home. That's good. That's what we were saying. You got to find the positives. You got to find the pros. Yeah.
3: So it's
0: a good time to be an introvert for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't.
3: I mean, it's kind of the streaming family's all in Australia, but you just Skype with them as well.
0: Yeah, have you been have you been doing a lot of that?
3: Yeah.
0: That's the way to do it. Uh what about gaming? Have you been able to figure out new oh. ways to use video conferencing <laughs> to have that sense of community?
3: So yeah, I'm trying to get back on Twitch and YouTube live and play some video games. That's why I've set up this new computer because I got a PC, which is like souped up for game streaming. So I want to give that a go. Usually before gaming was something that I did for me. Mm -hmm. It was my downtime. And I think the last thing that I wanted to do was give up something that meant a lot to me like that and have to entertain while doing it. But I'm home all the time. I'm entertained thoroughly. So I figure it's a really good time to kind of like, yeah, get involved in all of that, do more podcasts, do more fungeons and flagons, do more stuff that's um really cool for Geek Bomb,
1: which is my channel. Yeah, tell us a little bit more about Geek Bomb and why you started uh, it.
3: So I actually started it because I was a host in Australia and it's such a Uh, there's so few jobs in the hosting realm there and you just have to be versatile across the board because one day you might be hosting a gardening show and the next day you're hosting a fashion show. So you can't really have what was, you know, a niche back then to the point where my agent said, if you keep talking about Star Wars and video games, you're actually going to lose work.
0: Oh And so
3: I started (laughs) Geek Bomb. This is back in 2012. So it was before it really took off super mainstream. Um, And I kind of used Geek Bomb as a pseudonym to be able to blog and talk about all the things that I really liked, but not actually have my name associated to it. Um, And then, of course, I was like, you know, screw that. I'm going to Um, do videos. And one of the first videos that I ever did was how to play Dungeons and Dragons back in 2012. Oh, wow. And I look back at that because I was playing fourth edition and I look back at that now and I'm like, oh, I had no, (laughs) no idea. But it was new for me and I was just so excited to talk about it and to build a community, especially in Australia. Um, And then, yeah, about six months later after I started Geekbom, I actually moved to America and the opportunities were exponential and having a niche was spectacular. So before it's like, I couldn't talk about sort of geek content. Now I can specialize in a tabletop show, um, a tabletop game or a show, you know, and that kind of niche is so great because, you know, I've got a lifetime of all of this experience and I'm finally able to use it.
0: That's awesome. When did you, when did you start playing D&D? Did you start with 4th?
3: I did. I started fourth edition. Um, A really funny story with that one. My brother had a group and I really, really wanted in because I loved the 80s, 90s, 80s cartoons. Um, It was just like that role playing thing with, you know, having the magician, having the little unicorn with the barbarian, like having all of that. I was like, this is so my jam. And so I went along and they'd been playing for over a year and they'd stumbled upon a black dragon. And within about 40 minutes, they all died, like completely died. The true death. (laughs) Um, due to acid damage. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what happens now? And you just see five grown men Ah. tearing up. (laughs) Like, no, 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 it's over. It's done. Yeah, and they've been playing these characters for a while. Oh, no. And I was just like, again, again. And they're like, we have to, like, grieve. Um, And the DM's just kind of, like, a little bit malicious, but, like, you guys should have run away. You shouldn't have faced a black dragon. And so from there I was like, all right, I'm in. I have to do this. And I got a friend on board who is a writer, director and actor and he's actually writing fantasy novels and he's probably to this date the best DM I've ever had. Oh, well, that's cool. Because he obviously knows story writing and story right. um, telling and world building but also he would act out all the NPCs and we were so invested in there that the Bard would actually write songs and this, the start of every um game that we had together, he would sing on the piano about one of the other characters and the relationship that they'd built. Oh, wow. He was also a chef. So um, he would put out a banquet with like, he made mulled wine. Oh, and my mead. God. He would do like baked brie with drizzled honey all over it. Um, so like, it's the best introduction to D&D ever. That's awesome. I think the problem for me was that, you know, I love the fantasy escapeness of it all. And I was a a ranger, and the very first session, you know, the hobgoblins ambushed us, and he goes, all right, roll for initiative, what would you like to do? And I was like, right, I want to run up the highest tree, get a good vantage point, and I want to fire an arrow, and I want to fire it through through three of their skulls and kill them all. (laughs) And he goes, okay, you can get to the tree. I was like, what? I'm a ranger. My backstory states that I'm the best in the – what do you mean I just walked to the t- <laughs> to the tree? And he goes, well, it's about six seconds of combat. And I was like, this is not how I pictured an adventure. And so that's kind of where I started Fungins and Flaggons, which was throwing out the rule books. It's not having, you know, plus three proficiencies and like that meticulous nature of it all, which is really great when you're having five-hour sessions. But for me, I wanted to pack a punch. Short episodes – really, really indulge in storytelling, adventure, creativity. And basically, if you wanted to do something, you surely could if you rolled high enough. But if you rolled lower, then you would have like that catastrophic adverse reaction to what it is that you wanted to do.
0: I love that. I think there's, uh, you know, a lot to be said about how streaming and presenting D&D in different entertainment formats have molded the game, right? So that people think about it differently uh, and there is the the fun of downtime when, like you're saying, having those friend games with five hours and everybody's eating over pizza and talking about you know whatever's happening in their lives. There's definitely moments for that, but I think the uh, focus that's necessary for a streamed game or, or entertainment-focused game is, is really exciting, and I think a lot of people are also now bringing that to their home games, too. Uh, and uh, that's really fascinating. How, what other... So something that Shelley often asks a lot, but what kind of preparation did you get into uh, in developing a show game rather than just playing with your friends?
3: Um, it was actually something that I did when I was at a network, a channel called SourceFed Nerd. Um, my predecessor, Trisha Hirschberger, was pushing oh, yeah. for a Dungeons & Dragons show before Critical Role. And she left and I was her replacement. And I was like, all right, guys, we need to play Dungeons and & Dragons. And so finally they were like, okay, you're the second person to bring this to the table. Um, I guess this is something that we need to do. And obviously the um, creative director, he'd play Dungeons and Dragons, and he goes, there's just no way we can make video content for that long and have people, you know, sit through the entire thing. And I was like, I got you, fam. Like the way that I'm planning this, it's just 10 episodes, um, and it's going to be because we were all – sort of like reporting news but playing games and we were all kind of like improvised um, comedians. So this thinking on the spot and the chemistry that we all had because we worked together five days a week, like if you throw something in there, it would bounce back and forth and be incredibly entertaining. So I kind of used that um, and we build characters on the spot, on the fly, so they come in with absolutely no preparation. Two of them had never played Dungeons and Dragons before ever and then I was just like, out of these three races, which one would you like to choose? And then I was like, out of these three classes, what would you like to be? And a lot of the time, you know, they got to either draw it out of a hat so it would be a random combination or they'd roll to see who could select first. So that was like preferential treatment in that regard. Um, And then I would place them into a setting. But while we're doing the character development, I would find out little – like I'd throw out little questions like, what's your goal? um, what's your, what's your character's goal? Tell me about your parents. Tell me about where you grew up. What's your objectives? What means a lot to you? What's something that you are really skilled at? Like you almost have like a magical ability, but what's something that is like the likely to kill you because it's your extreme weakness. And through all of that, I would weave in their strengths, weaknesses, and exploit them completely, but also put in, like, their goals. So if they had a twin brother who was their nemesis, boom, episode five, guess who pays a visit. Um, and so they all had such investment into these characters that they created on the spot so that when I intertwined things that they had just, like, thrown away as a comment and I made them, a, you know, an integral part of this journey, it ended up being, like, just so exciting exciting. I, don't know, I loved it, and I like to use, like, random uh, weapons and items and, you know, the treasure chest finds to also enhance their, their journey as well by giving them new abilities.
1: And you were, the, you were the dungeon master for this? I was the moderator. Oh, the moderator. Figured, <laughs> that's the moderator.
3: Yeah, I figured if I'm going to have a terrible name like Maud, <laughs> I may as well do something. <laughs> kind of exciting with it so yeah i became the, the moderator in that one um and she's that you know the uh, the all-seeing being kind of thing um but what was really cool about that and this is because i've never seen harmontown and i, I don't know when that came out or if it was around the same time mm-hmm. but i got an animator who was a big fan of the show who was aussie and i wanted to kind of you know build up his career we got him on board to character design all of um the characters in D, and then do animated little recaps that we would play at the beginning of the episode to kind of like animatedly remind people what was happening on the adventure because I think a lot of the time some people are very visual-based and instead of imagining things on their own, it's easier to kind of show them and place them in the world. So yeah, at the end of that, we kind of combined all of the previously on fungions and flagons. We pieced them all together and it made this short, which, you know, kind of succinctly told the entire campaign story. And I was really proud of that as well.
0: That's fantastic. I, I love I, how you. I
1: like that too. Like the idea of like being the moderator as opposed dungeon. to a dungeon master. I'm kind of thinking on that. What, I'm sorry, yeah. Tito. What were you going to say?
0: Um, I was going to say you should be the shellerator. No, that doesn't work. <laughs> 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 uh, we'll work but no, that. I just I just love that you took the uh you know parts of fifth edition that were all about background and character building and things mm. like that. That that. And uh, we're able to present it to folks who had never played before and make them make these choices, you know, quickly. Because I think that improv nature is where a lot of creativity comes from. Because a lot of people, Mm -hmm. if they're just here, make your character. They'll be like, well, I, I don't know. There's too many choices. I can't choose yeah. it from among these. Which is great for some things. people who
3: love to kind of yeah. like analyze the textbooks and to kind of gather that information. But I guess that you know, when it comes to how you play your character, like it's so interesting to see how different people tap tackle gameplay. So some of them could be like, well, I have plus five proficiency in this, therefore I will. And other people are just like they'll act. I do this when I play d and I act as my character. I put on a voice. I become that character. I, know, I, I say, I'm going to do this instead of like, can my character do this? Um, but I will play my character to a T and that background stuff, I live and die by those. Um, and which is why as a moderator, I am very um, generous with inspiration. If you are playing your character, the way that you have designed it, even if it kind of like upsets other people or isn't the, you know, the best direction to play it. I remember my character, I have a high elf, uh, ranger and she's basically kind of like, looks like Sansa from game of Thrones, but acts like Aya. So she was raised, you know, in the castles, but she just got bored. And the ranger backstory was like, you know, she just had bloodlust and she wanted to kill beasts and go beast hunting. Um, and so, during the days, it would be like, you know, we have to set up camp. I'm like, oh no, do I have to sleep in a, on the ground? So I was like, where's my fluffy feathered, do, you know, my bed keep? Who will look after the, you? You'll look after this for me. And everyone's like, no, I won't. And I'm like, I'm not asking you to. It's my character. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, this is what my character would do because she's high born. She's a noble and she's done the noble backstory. But when it comes to, um, like, you know, looking for treasure or wanting money, she's got no interest in that. And when she decapitates an orc, she will literally dip her head through the the blood from its severed head and, like, paint it on her because she's, like, ready, ready to kill. So it's a great juxtaposition. But um, <laughs> That's yeah, funny. Well, I, 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 have, uh, I play have, my characters.
0: I, I love that. And I, I want to encourage that as much as possible. And I want to try doing more inspiration to do so. Uh, but it's been tough. I mean, some people, you know, it's, it's, it's about finding the, the, the folks to play with, right? So uh, one of the fun things that I always try to ask folks to do is when they're casting a spell, I'm always like, what does that look like? You know, what, is, what, is yes. it, what does it do? What is it sh- how does it externally uh, show that you're casting the spell? And, and some people are like, oh, it does this. And they can immediately do it. But some folks are just like, I don't know, I just I cast it. I
3: just cast it, right? and it happens. What? Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. Uh, but I um, love but using I, inspiration like that well. to encourage that, that type of description.
3: Yeah, I think that the backstory kind of gets lost because you're just focused on the here and now. It's like, well, I'm in this combat and this is our objective and you're not really looking behind you or in the future. You're just kind of looking at where you are. Um, Yeah, I don't play like that. I have the luxury, though, of living in L.A. and playing with mostly actors and directors and the creatives in this space. Um, I've gamed with Joe Manganiello. Currently I've got... Um, Deborah Ann Wall in my group, and she's probably the best person I've ever played with. She's so, so fantastic. She's a male lady mum, <laughs> like, and she crushes it. And her objective is to deliver mail, oh, um, at, like that. whatever at whatever cost. Um, and she's got two strapping young sons that she believes in. So she like really gets into her character too. And I'm enamoured by her gameplay because it's just so wholesome and wonderful. And it's like. Different to any way that I've played before. So I'm learning from her as well. And I love that I've got like 50% of my group for this particular group is uh, women. Actually, 50% of all my groups are women. Uh, and I love that too.
0: Yeah, me too. Yeah,
1: I think I, <clears throat> when you're talking about the way that you're creating these characters, because I'm interested in introducing D&D to more people. And I love yeah. Have Like, really focusing on the story elements of the character. I remember my very first D&D character, I started with 3.5. And I was was like, oh, my God, it's taking days to make this character. Like, I just, I don't care. I don't know what these numbers mean. I don't know what these skills mean. And then as soon as the person who was helping me make that character said, what do you want to name her? I was like, oh, my God. I mean, I'm astrid i want to name her astrid and i immediately became invested in it and we didn't have like backgrounds and flaws and all that stuff back in my day but um (laughs) i think like that's a really great way to get people immediately invested in their characters is like don't don't worry about like the numbery bits start asking them about who their character is and what motivates them and their their parents and a in a secret and you can do that stuff pretty quickly like I you mean, so, so, your episodes oh, yeah. are short, right? And people
3: get more and more excited by it. Um, what I love as well is like when I was in Australia, because like there weren't many nerds at all, and I was a closet geek for a while. Um, I was telling people about my Dungeons and Dragons group, and a lot of my friends were just laughing at me, like quite openly. They're like, "You're such a nerd! They're like, there's no way that's fun. Like, what? Why, what do you see in this? Like, why can't you just live life?" And so I, I actually did the character development with them. Oh. And it's so funny how, like, the biggest people who are just like, oh, I don't even care and, like, you're a nerd, how quickly they turned when I started asking about their character and what does your weapon look like? And they're kind of like, oh, yeah, no, my dad's a blacksmith and and he forged this relic <laughs> that is, like, the reason that I live and if anyone touches this, I will slaughter them. And I was like, it's all right. Mm. And they're like, yeah, I guess it's not so bad after all. I guess, <laughs> I guess it's kind of fun. And I love doing that with friends because it's like you can actually convince anyone anyone to enjoy Dungeons and Dragons in that regard. And if we have like five or ten minutes, I would love to do it with you guys.
1: What? Yeah, do you want to it? Yeah, I totally do. Sure.
3: Okay. Alrighty. Uh, ladies first, Cheryl, I'll start with you. Out of a high elf or a halfling or a dragonborn, I'll throw in one more for good measure, or a drow, what would you like to choose?
1: I've never played a drow. I'm, I'm going to go with drow.
3: Done. All right. You are a dark elf. Uh, Greg, the remaining three, which one would you like?
0: I'm going to go with Halfling because lo- I've just been watching, re-watching uh, Lord of the Rings with my kids. So uh, I, okay. they've been very fascinated with hobbits and I want okay. to, to show.
3: Uh, what gender would you guys like to choose? Can it be male, female, yes. neutral? Uh, I'm going to roll a die.
0: Okay. High, high is male, low is, is, is female. Oh, okay. uh, low, all right. I got a female dwarf. Uh, female right. Halfling.
3: Female Halfling. Okay, uh, Greg, with that information, what's her name?
0: Her name is uh, Deirdre Longpipe. Oh. <laughs> it was her dad's I name. I
3: love it. It was I'm her
0: right. dad's name. Yeah.
3: Deirdre Longpipe. Longpipe. Longpipe sounds like a family name. Uh, where did that come about? And whose pipe was that long that it became your sake?
0: It was. Your
3: family's sake.
0: A uh, kind of inventor uh, a century ago discovered how to divert the nearby river. Uh, and uh, uh, through an aqueduct. And so he was named Neville Longpipe.
3: Okay. Oh, I see. It wasn't a smoking pipe.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you got or, me. Or a dirtier one. It was just a regular uh, uh, actual aqueduct that he built. All
1: right. Uh, so what's your drow's name, female drow? And Funny, I was going to name her Deedee, which is really similar to Deirdre when you said okay. Deirdre. So I feel like I still have to roll with it. Dee Dee the Drow. Yeah. That's I like why good that. Friends. What's her story? Um, She doesn't like to talk about it. Oh,
3: okay. <laughs> so this is what's interesting about the Drow. I don't know if you guys know about Forgotten Realms, which is like another book series that I got into, especially because R.A. Salvatore was like big time into Dungeons & Dragons. We have interviewed female- uh,
0: R.A. Salvatore Bab- a bunch of times. We like Bob.
3: I did too. I was supposed to have 10 minutes with him and it was like the at 11.30, his time leading into his birthday. And he's like, I poured Maker's Mark. We're good to go. We ah. had for over 30 <laughs> minutes, about all of it.
0: Oh, you can um, get him ramped up really fast. He's amazing. Oh, yeah. I, love I
3: loved him. it. It's one of my best interviews. And he's no good. one, again, I did it on FM commercial radio. They're so like, <laughs> like, what are we going to do with this? And I was like, I don't know, it made my ears. So Just ask
0: him about his cats next and he'll, oh, uh, yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll talk about it. Or the Or the Red Sox. Or the Red Sox, exactly.
3: Uh, sport, that's where you lose me. Uh, but drows in, um, female drows are the dominant ra- uh, gender and they usually are in a position of power. Um, so are you in the family's sort of like top circuitry of a priestess or a warrior?
1: No. Oh, what are you? I mean... Dee Dee's, she's really tiny and so she's always felt, she's kind of the runt of the litter and has always felt a little bit insecure
3: and just not, like she doesn't really measure up. So out of the classes, uh, did she go to the academy to study magic or did she become an assassin with her
1: small stature? So she went to um, magic school. Okay. And she did all right, but secretly, she's been taking um, lessons in how to be an assassin.: She's okay, kind of fallen so like in a with multi-class. She's kind of fallen ass- in with like a, with a, maybe a bad crowd, but she doesn't know that yet because uh-huh. she's finally found people that accept her, and she feels Oh yeah, but they're secretly using her. they might oh, be. When she.: does- well, I mean, um, I mean, I don't know. maybe maybe they, not, maybe they really do truly care about her. Okay.
3: What, uh, what fighting style do you have? Are you weapons? Are you mainly um, a magic user? Are you infusing magic into your weapon? Yes, I think that that would, because I've got the magic background, you know. What's your weapon look like?
1: Um, you can have whatever you
3: want to. My
1: hands. It's my okay. hands. My, my cold, magical hands.
3: So if it's say cold, you're an ice wielder, yes. let's say, so you can shoot shards yes. of yes. ice. Yes, yes, Love it. Okay, great.
0: Let it go, shall um, I?
3: Yeah, I love that one. Um, Deidre Longpipe, what's your weapon?
0: Uh, she uses a staff uh, that so she a leans on. So your magic user too? Uh, not necessarily. Uh, Fighter? Yeah, she, she might be uh, uh, a monk uh, and being able to uh, uh, have some... Um, uh, defense by uh, you know picking up whatever sticks she's available. That's how she practiced. Was uh, going off into the woods by herself and, and uh, picking up uh, you know twigs and staves and, and ended up playing with it. And then she got quite good at it.
3: So why did you abandon your upbringings and your family and your hometowns to be on the life of an adventure as an adventurer?
0: Um, the long pipes got rather rich uh, and lazy uh, by being the source of all of the water for the area, for the agriculture. And so they were just taxing and, and using that. And she wanted to uh, provide water for, for more people out there, but her family wouldn't let her. And so uh, they also wouldn't let her train how to fight, uh, which is why she trained herself through the use of the staff on her own. And um, I don't know, maybe something happened. Something something occurred where she got into a fight with someone and, and it went too far. Maybe she hurt someone. Uh, Oh. Too much, and then so out of shame, and also the, the desire to—I'm totally just making this up, which is so fun. Yeah, is uh, great, uh, she she left uh, and and tried to find her own way.
3: Great, Shell, um, why did Didi leave her close knit friends and her academy and her studies?
1: Why did she get out of Menzerabon? What I
3: can't say Thank you. She
0: didn't. Men-
1: she hasn't technically left. Like her, um, her family still thinks that she's. At Magic Academy, studying, and she, oh. so um, as far as they know, everything is business as usual. She's keeping it on the down low. She must okay. have a sense that these people aren't really like they. Her family would never approve of her being with with this group of people. But for the first time in her life, she kind of feels like she's you know carving her own path, and she's rebelling a little bit. And It feels real good, real good.
3: So with all that, I would probably have you guys meeting um, probably near the mouth of an entrance to the, um, the drow um, underdark only because um, it doesn't sound like Didi really wants to leave and it sounds like uh, Deirdre wants to get out of there and you guys would have formed a, like a bit of a friendship is my hope. Mm. Um, I'm going to probably say that you guys bonded over a similar name when yeah. you were drinking and you got so drunk that, you know. All of the racial tensions aside, you guys became quite close. And because the huffling is small in stature and Dee obviously feels really insecure about her height, having a short friend actually made her feel really full. With that, though, on the adventure, I'd probably give you guys a common goal. Um, something would probably happen. Someone would run into the tavern going, oh, my gosh, you know, my daughter's been stolen or something happened like that, and you guys would go off on your quest. But throughout that campaign, I would probably have... a a group of other mercenaries come after Deirdre because they are like the Robin Hoods of the area and have found out that her family, bearing the Longpipe name, have been greedy and not helping the system and they are actually out to regulate sort of like the hierarchy happening, you know, socialism, capitalism, you know, they're there to fight it. And they see your face as the the issue of um, all of this corruption within the lands. Mm. And so they probably want to take it out on you. And then, Dee, the people that you abandoned, your family, would be coming after you because they would have found out that you'd left somehow and you'd probably have to fight a mother or a brother or a sister. And it would be like, do your friends come to aid you or do they leave you high and dry? So I would somehow interweave that throughout your campaign but put you on this adventure. And already just talking about these characters for five minutes, you're just like, oh, God. I I (laughs) I love this.
0: Let's do it. So that's
3: like no character sheets, no need for that. I write down the things that I need to know and then we would hit the road with one D20 and whatever you wanted to do, like – Obviously, anything to do with a monk or anything to do with an assassin magic user, if you wanted to do that, like I wanted to send up a light of flame to you know to notify someone, I'd be like, well, yeah, you can pretty much roll with a plus five because you're a magic user. And, you know, with a monk, it's like, all right, cool. Even though you failed that roll, you've got chi inside you that, you know, you find that. Um, yeah, you can like roll again. So I know enough about sort of like those characters to assist you in your gameplay and to assist people who have no idea how to play Dungeons & Dragons in their gameplay. Um, But it's all about sort of like, yeah, the improv and storytelling. That is the most important thing. I throw in one episode, like every other episode will be delving into the characters more and then every other episode will be combat.
0: Mm. Yeah. And so there's
3: no character sheet. You just don't. I will I will give them a one-page sheet so they can write down their name, um, right. their class, their race, any items that they acquire, um, any magical abilities that I will sort of, like, give them. But they will also put their strength and weakness on there so that, you know, when they're role-playing, they can be reminded of where they excel and where they don't. So that, you know, because one of the players, bless him, Sam Basher... He's played all four or five seasons of this. And every time, so what, what's your weakness? And he says, I kill if water touches me. And I'm like, as a DM, you're screwed <laughs> because all of a sudden the clouds gather and it's raining, you know. <laughs> but it's, it's um yeah, really interesting to see the problem solving with that. But I definitely exploit weaknesses and I definitely put them in positions where their strengths will save the others as well.
0: That's fantastic. I this reminds me very much about how I introduced playing D and D with my kids. Uh yeah. I feel like two or three years ago was the first time. They were like, They want to play D D. And I was like, I I think if I took them through the character sheet and all that stuff, that would be too much. Uh yeah. so I I basically just asked them a few questions like that and just had a, a eight and a half by eleven sheet of paper, blank paper that I just did like certain notes. Okay. Elf, wizard. Uh, uh, you know, and and some more kind of biographical details, and we just ran with it, and we created those characters, and they still kind of are the ones that they think of when they think of like what their D anD D They still will think of those ones that yeah. we created on the fly one Saturday morning. Um, and I think they're even they they can be even more meaningful than the ones you pour over and min max to figure out you know individual stats that are going to be the best in combat and all that stuff. It's like it means so much more when you're when you're making decisions that feel emotionally. Right or just mm. were yeah. a, an improv thing out, out of the, out of the blue that, that that can just have a lot of resonance with people.
3: And I think personally, for me, the reason why this came about in the first place, I think it's why Geek Bomb came about and it's why Fungens came about. I don't like being told you can't do that, right? Because as soon as I hear that, I will make a way to do it. So Fungens and flagons, like when I was like told, no, you you can't do that in one move. I was like, well, <clears throat> yes, now I, can. I can. Yeah. <laughs> And I want to encourage, like, never hearing that you can't do something, but always exploring how you can do something. Um, what do you think about... that kind of motto at life.
0: What do you think about... Because this is one thing that my uh, Kate Welch has, has yelled at me about not letting my daughter play. She wants to play Druid. She loves being yeah. able to wild shape. But I'm like, oh, well, I mean, it's level three. You'll be able to do that in the future. And she's like, mm-mm, you should just give it to her. And I'm like, I know I yeah. probably should.
3: Yeah, so for me, uh, because that's like kind of crushing... Excitement, but it's also saying you will if you if you work hard enough you will get there. So it's actually it is encouraging like gaining experience points and having the reward for the work. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in my when we were just planning it then, Shell, I almost noticed as like, what's your weapon? And you're thinking of like almost level one intro things, and I'm like, yeah. no, Im- imbue it with flame. Like, yeah, think think how far you can go with this because the level system isn't really important because. I found that with my backstories, I would be like, I trained for half of my life and then I come into a game and I'm level one and all I can do is poke and it does three damage. And I'm like, but I've been training for half of my life. Yeah, so in that instance, it's like the, the character that you are, the backstory reflects what you're capable of doing. But, like, if you do want to say, all right, cool, I summon the water from the air to turn into ice which I will then shoot out in daggers and slice three of their throats. I will say, "All right, roll me a 19.
1: Oh, that's awesome! So you tell them what they, what they, and mean. chances
3: are they can't roll a nineteen. I mean, if they've been blessed by someone else or if they're in a good position to like gain a bonus, I'll go give, give me a nineteen. But you get a plus two on your roll.
2: Mm-hmm. But
3: the more like ha- the harder and complex the the action the higher you have to roll. And then, of course, if they say they want to do all of that stuff and roll a two, it's like, cool. You actually instead draw all of the oxygen out of the air and for the next round, no one can breathe. Oh, my God. Yeah.
0: I love that. Yeah. I did that similarly with my uh, with my daughter where she wanted to uh, – I was describing a wolf that was going to attack them and I was like, oh, snarling, oh, it's angry, and, blah, 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 and growling. And she's like, I want it to be my pet. <laughs> And I was like, yes. "Okay, roll an animal handling check as it's charging towards you, snarling with saliva flying everywhere." Yeah. And she rolled at Nat twenty, and yes. I was like, "Okay." Did you think about this? I might have. Yeah, I think
3: I've heard about this story.
0: Yeah, and I was like, "All right, well then, you you did it. You you you, you showed." Have a pet yeah, exactly. You gave the yeah. rations. You gave it everything you needed, and all it was was hungry, uh, with all the slavering going on. And so now you have Fluffy, your best friend forever. Uh, as uh, as your pet because you got to reward someone when they're rolling that 20.
3: That's it. One of the um, storylines that we had, um, uh, because what I also want to do is involve the audience as much as possible. So through my Geek Bomb Patreon, uh, I will say, all right, guys, this is an item. This is what it looks like. It's a chalice. Write to me what this chalice does, and I will compile... Twenty different things that it could do, so that when whoever has this chalice decides to use it, they'll roll a D twenty, and whatever it lands on is what. Oh, that's awesome! Mm -hmm. I was
1: going to ask if you used like charts because you, when you said, or tables when you when you said that if they roll low, then catastrophic things can happen.
3: Right, Um, a lot of it's on the fly. Yeah. Um, Oops. Like it's it's kind of easy to be like if they give you what it is that they want to do, it's kind of easy to pick what the exact opposite would be. Um, so I don't necessarily use charts in that regard. The, thing that, the things that I'm mainly equipped with are the um, Patreon backers' input and how they can kind of like change the game. So in the last – the last game that we did, because a few schematics change every single season. Um, This particular time they were all given, yeah, an item that had charges in it and they earned a charge when they rolled a D20 and they lost a charge when they rolled a a crit fail. So um, whenever they were in a predicament, let's say they rolled really poorly and things were going down, they're like, all right, I want to use my charge. And it was like casting a spell, a random spell. And something good could happen, something bad could happen, something neutral could happen, something that would not aid them at all could happen. It was such a a risk. But one time um, someone was falling off a cliff. They rolled a one to catch themselves. They were dropping off a cliff. They were literally free falling. And they're like, I use a charge. And I was like, all right. Out of 60 different possibilities, they rolled and it landed on, their wand turning into an umbrella. Oh, my God. Where it slowed down their falling completely, and they were, like, the whole premise was no matter how fast or hard they're falling, they will land safely on their feet. I am telling you, when that came out, Everyone was like raucous. We were like, there were tears, there were like <laughs> laughter. People were hugging. It was a ticker um, tape person,
0: parade. All of a sudden, oh my all God, the things that is
3: Amazing. But it's that kind of thing. And then, of course, the person who submitted that just felt like an absolute hero because they saved the day. You know. Yeah. So that is just yeah, I love that part. That is everyone can cool. get Involved. Yeah,
1: it's a really cool way to to get your audience involved too. I love it. Yeah,
3: because I'm trying to like enhance their creativity and they yeah. feel like that they have an impact in the storytelling.
1: Yeah, I I've, I've never the only dungeon master I've ever played with that did um had things effects happen if you rolled low was Satine Phoenix. And I was like I with her. At, at first I was like, I'm I like, what? Like it's bad enough that I just failed trying to do the thing that I tried to do, but now I'm going to be punished for it. But if that say, rolls off the table, you oh, get no. disadvantage.
3: Oh, oh, I didn't I even like know that. that one. Yep, that's the teen's rule. Yeah, I was um, in season one of Sirens, Sirens of the Realms. Oh, my gosh. Yes, I played Shadow, another ranger. I'm always usually like a ranger or a rogue. Um, no, I, I like that was Rangers. my first
0: kind of character class of choice too. I think it's because I have an Aragorn complex. Ah,
3: Yeah, fair. <laughs> yeah. And because, like you know, when you played a wizard, depending on how strict the DM is, you need these materials to be able to cast. Come on, yeah. Because there's like some. Oh, I'm into my pocket, and there's kindling and a quail egg. Good, now I can cast this. Thing, you know? <laughs> so I don't. It's buy hand a
0: waved a lot though. Now, I mean, I mean, yeah, how, many, how many DMs actually track components and whether people have them?
3: I've can never I get a raise? One, it? Thank goodness. Yeah. But even like, have you prepared that spell? You're like. I didn't know I would need
0: it. (laughs) (laughs) Right, that's such a bad feeling too when you're like, I have the perfect spell to use in this specific instance, but I didn't prepare it.
3: So my my understanding as a as a DM is like you learn the spell. It's like Harry Potter, you know. It's like if you if you've learned Stupefy and Wingardium Leviosa, it's like. (sighs) You don't have to prepare that. You just know it. You know what to cast as a magic user. You know, it's not like scene. saying, you're a rogue. Can you remember how to stab? Ah!
0: Is it the pointy end? <laughs> Did that don't you remember? prepare?
3: Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. That's fantastic. I love that you've been doing this for, you know, five seasons, you said, right? Uh, Pretty
3: much, yeah. It started in 2015.
0: I think the people that are jumping into playing Dungeons & Dragons right now can... Uh, use what we've been talking about here as inspiration. Uh, you all have that inspiration now, so good. Yeah, use that forward. if you get a
3: bad role, guys. Um,
0: but right, like I think I think this is a, a great way for people to get into it and realize that there's not this huge barrier to entry. That you can just get together and play and talk about the things that you know story wise that make sense to you and and, and and plan it out. But it can be just as simple as improvising. And, and, and you know, oddly enough, what you were just doing with us and, and, and coming up with your characters is similar to. Uh, a little mini campaign that Shelly and I have been doing to close out these podcasts is just like we have like a little fifteen second like story, and we roll one one die, and then it ends up having this like continuous thing. And I think they don't need to be nine hour sessions. You know, they yeah. can be th- these bite sized fifteen minute things that you can schedule now. You know, especially when so much of our us are, are isolated, you can schedule them in just brief moments in between breaks when you're working from home. And <clears throat> I think that's you know, uh, uh, you've really inspired me to do that.
1: I oh. know. Yeah. Your, your way board. is really like it highlights the best of of it's like the highlights the highlight reel of Dungeons and Dragons,
0: like
3: your like character. Like sports Center.
1: Yeah, I think the most rewarding thing for me
3: creating this is the amount of people that have said I now play Dungeons and Dragons because this was my introductory into it. Like oh, you built awesome. out this world and showed me what it was like, and I had to get involved. And they're like, I really appreciated like the simplified version. Some people are saying that they have their own homebrew rule version, just like that, because like, that's how they felt comfortable. Other people full out playing um, Fifth Edition now. But yeah, to hear I'm doing this because of you, like hey yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, as you were talking there greg it was like you know you're saying that that kind of uh format is really helpful for kids to play because the rule system can be hard for them too i'm like i was going to recommend fungions and flagons, except i realized that we drink playing and there's a lot of f-bombs and um oh my seasons kids ago, yeah <laughs> two seasons ago um i had to make the charges happen because uh before that if you rolled a one you had to have a shot of tequila and if oh. you rolled a 20, you could nominate that shot. And we would film three episodes back to back. Someone threw up once. So oh, no, <laughs> wasn't me. It was a guy.
0: <laughs> That's good content, though. That's so, really good content.
3: <laughs> but like, as I was trying to uh, prepare for the next episode, I had to rewatch it. And I was like, I'm watching it for the first time. Like, I can't remember any of this. I couldn't remember anything that had happened. <laughs> and of course... That
0: is the dangers of, uh, of drinking while playing. At least when it's you are documented.
3: Yeah, one of the storylines I was like you have to try and kill this copper dragon that's got copper plating all over it and, you know, thinking that someone would, like, get in between the the grooves and pierce its heart. No, no, when you've had five tequila shots, someone wanted to enter it, its cavern, wanted to enter inside of it. And I was like, my poor dragon, you want to do what? Oh. It's like, Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to I don't I'm even know if arouse, that's
0: anatomically correct. <laughs> I'm going to arouse
3: this dragon and then I'm going to and I'll just like, "Oh my god, put the drinks down." Like <laughs> I felt bad. <laughs>
0: uh so kids, this. let's watch uh Fungin and will yeah. be uh, really <laughs> educational in multiple ways uh going forward. Um uh, no, but I think I think there's something that we, like, you, you can still use the things that you're inspiring people to do and, and keep it in a, a family-friendly kind of way. Absolutely. For uh, yeah, so sure. So no worries there. But I, kudos to you for keeping it adult because I think there's there's also a place for adult content, too, uh, that people want to jump into. And I think uh, D&D is a big part of that. Um, so uh, I keep the tequila flowing. In my- right?
3: <laughs> oh, gee, yeah. Oh, I mean, it'd be un-Australian of me not to, so. <laughs> there's a term yeah. and a place.
0: Yeah, I know God, for
3: when, when
1: I... Drink and play D anD D. I I feel like I'm actually a much better player. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, it's like you roll a one and you're like, oh well.
1: Uh, what's, what's I get I, I get all beer muscly. I'm like, I'll go. I'll go open yeah. this door. I'm like, you're the wizard. Get back. I'm like, nah. I'm good. I got this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tanking now. <laughs> <Dealing it>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that good stuff. True.
0: Well, thank you so much uh, for being with us, uh, Maude, and, and, t- and talking us through. Now I, I want to, you know, follow on on the adventures of, of Deidre Longpipe and, and see if her friend Didi, uh would like to come along.
1: Sorry for sure, she does. Yeah, you know, you, you can't win them all. Uh,
0: so, how, I mean, you mentioning a lot of the things that you've been doing. Well, what's a good uh, kind of landing page for folks to be able to follow more of your work and, and, and find out more?
3: Um, If people do want to watch Fungents and Flagons, season three and four outside of SourceFed um, is up on YouTube.com slash Geekbomb. Uh, You can check out all of those there. I definitely recommend watching. They're only, yeah, 45-minute episodes um, and there's 10 episodes in the season. And then um, I'm actually looking to start season, technically it'll be season six but season three on my network. Um, So it's a whole new cast, um, new characters. It's a new run every single season. Um, but I get the same animator on board and he's so great. Um, and so I'm looking to kind of set up Roll20 and use this kind of interface and start doing campaigns online in while we're all quarantined. But if people want to donate and be a part of that campaign, then it's patreon.com slash geekbomb because we're hoping to hit a particular goal so that we can put out the next season.
0: Awesome. Yeah. That's great. More folks need to uh, uh, jump into supporting creators like that out there. I think this is this is the time. I know we save small
3: businesses.
0: Of, exactly right. Uh, uh, it's 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 huge. Uh, so thank you for for your you know uh, enthusiasm as well as uh, the drive to keep uh, creating in this time frame uh, is going to be super important. And uh, I don't know, I appreciate it. And like I said, you have inspired hey, thanks. me. Thanks,
3: uh, thanks for the chat as well. You get inspiration. You both get inspiration. Yay! Yay! I need it. I need
1: it.
0: Also, I need tequila uh, because it's Friday. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Uh, Thank you again. And uh, I think we're going to close it out. So, thank you so much, Maude. You're the best. Thanks for having me. You are. We'll have you on again. It's been a pleasure. uh, I think we're going to need a shot of Australian inspiration uh, in the coming months. So, uh, done. You've been delightful.
3: (laughs) I'll be here, ready to go.
0: Wow, you were not kidding uh, about (laughs) Maude Garrett. She is funny.
1: She's so funny.
0: It is Her amazing. voices
1: are amazing.
0: I, better than our voices, you think?
1: I mean, she probably learned from listening to us. <laughs>
0: Like, I so, feel like
1: there's some Greg and Shelley inspiration in there.
0: So huh? many of the youth of today have learned huh? how to voice act from the two of us.
1: From from listening to us. <laughs> it's yes.
0: true. We are the inspiration. Lift you up in your voice acting careers. You shall be professionals. Toad. I uh loved all that conversation and I am very excited that we have been able to get back to live streaming and recording Dungeon. Dun- Dungeon Talk? No, that's not what this is called. This is called Dragon Lots Talk. of that's a
1: different podcast. Uh,
0: so thanks, uh, Shelly, for for being here with us. I,
1: I got to be honest. This is probably the happiest I've felt all week. So it, this is good for my soul.
0: I'm hoping that we spread that happiness to all of you listening. So thanks uh, for, for downloading. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to spread the word about how much fun it is to listen to our amazing voice acting and be inspired by that, You know, there's a couple of ways you could do that. You could uh, shout it out on Twitter or Facebook or whatever social media that you love to use. Uh, There's a bunch of ways you can get Dragon Talk now. We're on Spotify. That's cool. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or just straight up use the RSS feed uh, that goes to whatever podcatcher app you use on your phone. Um, I personally use Podcast Addict. So shout out to to that app on my Android. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you can do that too and just make sure everyone knows that this is a fun place. And as uh, I think you said earlier, Shelly, people are listening to a lot more podcasts and online content right now uh, with all of the separation and uh, quarantining that's happening with COVID-19. So uh, now's the perfect time. Spread the word. We would appreciate it. And then even if you want to give some reviews uh, to... Do that uh, to spread that word because uh, that is a, a very instructive way to do so, so we would like the only five star reviews please
1: uh, I mean I mean come on <laughs> it goes without saying <laughs> uh,
0: but you are fantastic and thank you again for listening and downloading this uh, we really appreciate it, and we want more people to jump into playing dungeons and dragons out there so I'm gonna say this right now i didn't even think about it ahead of time, but if you are jumping into streaming or recording your Dungeons & Dragons game or board games or Dungeon Mayhem games, uh, anything related to uh, what D&D does, uh, give me a shout-out on Twitter. I'm at Greg Tito, uh, and uh, I am happy to retweet and get folks into this. Uh, so uh, make that use, that use me as a resource there. If you are jumping into playing Dungeons & Dragons for the first time, uh, shout me out on Twitter. Uh, I'm also on Instagram, too, uh, if you're not a Twitter user. Um, and I will spread the word uh, about all of the new stuff or even just ongoing stuff that, you're, that you've got going on there. Um, so That's nice of you. Thanks. Thanks, Shelly. That's thanks. really exciting.
1: You, you lift people up.
0: I try I try to lift people up, uh, especially during this time. So let us uh, end all of what we're talking about here for Dragon Talk. Uh, Shelly, did you have anything we wanted to... I mean, we mentioned Dungeon Mayhem a couple of times, but that has been played a lot yes. in your house.
1: Yes, my God, yes. Thank God for Dungeon (laughs) (laughs) Mayhem.
0: Hoping a lot more people are jumping into that too. Uh, But the uh, base game is available as well as the Monster Madness. Uh, So that has got an amazing box uh, with all the storage for all of your Dungeon Mayhem expansion decks, character decks. So um, I would really suggest that if you've got young kids uh, at home and need something easy to pick up and play together, um, we've been doing it kind of as a after-dinner uh, kind of cool-down oh, nice. type thing. Uh, so that works out really well.
1: Nice.
0: Throwing that out there. Very good. All right, everybody. Uh, I I've me- I mentioned my uh, Twitter handle already. Uh, Shelly is at Shelly Moo on Twitter, correct?
1: Yes. That we is correct.
0: Our hero for Dungeons and Dragons. So if you need to get any information about that, including where to find free basic rules to play Dungeons and Dragons, you don't need to invest in anything in order to start playing D and D. You can do so at DungeonsAndDragons.com uh, or follow on Twitter Wizards underscore uh, D and D, also on Instagram, as well as all the live programming that will be continuing at twitch.tv TV slash D and D. All week long, we post the schedule uh, for the different shows that pop up, and uh, maybe you can find a new one to follow because the stories and uh, campaigns that are going on are super great, and we want you yep. all to jump in if you can during this time. Shelley, yes, uh, you were encountering uh, something in the woods.
1: Yes, uh, um, it was and like a you got a vision. vision
0: Yes, and you had a vision of uh, Daryl Two-Shoes being uh, bound and tied up, uh, but then the vision disappeared, uh, and you're in the woods alone. What do you do?
1: Um, I don't know what I do. I just
0: Do you have any spells you want to cast? I don't
1: remember uh, what I have. Do I have any spells that can... um, Detect long lost brother?
0: <laughs> uh, I think what, you were a ranger or were you a sorcerer?
1: And I, I was both. I have both versions, but in this one, I think I was a sorcerer.
0: Okay. So uh, you can attempt, maybe you can try to get out of these woods and try to get to town. Uh,
1: Did I notice anything in the background of the vision? Like, could I see any sort of landscape?
0: Oh, well, I got a Why don't you make me either an intelligence check or a perceptions check? What would you prefer?
1: I'll go with perception.
0: Okay. You rolled a 15. I think you were pretty good at perception since you were a ranger. So, uh, Sorcerer. So you, the vision is gone, but you're trying to remember, and you remember that there was, um, it looked like wood paneling uh, that might be on a ship behind. Oh,
1: no. Yes. Okay. And
0: and that's where we'll end. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Dragon Talk. We'll be back next week. Bye. Ah.